Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. Today, we're going to talk about how to create the most business and customer value by maximizing your usage of event data. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome J.R. Sherman, CEO at RainFocus. J.R., welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, Greg. Very excited to be here and talk with you. Yeah, me too. Uh, looking forward to talking about this with you. Um, so let's let's start by you giving a little background on yourself as well as a little bit about what RainFocus does. Sounds great. Each time I do this, I realize how old I'm getting, but I've, I've really been in and around face-to-face events and event experiences my entire career, building an outsourcing company in the 90s that, that provided turnkey services to run demand generation events for high-tech companies around the world, so roadshows and conferences. And that was really kind of the, the, the birth of the appreciation of what happens at events, the, the relationships that are built and, and grown and how important it is to be with customers at these events, just enormous amounts of business being done and relationships being built. So coming out of the 90s, got into the software side of it and really wanted to begin to capture the power of face-to-face you know, in a digital way so that organizations could 
make use of the data that's captured about behaviors and interests and preferences and do something meaningful with it really at the dawn of CRM and, and marketing automation back there in the early 2000s. And ever since, it's been a pursuit of trying to find a way to better aggregate data in events, around events, and across events uh, so that organizations can use that in a meaningful way to build their relationships with their customers. RainFocus has really been the opportunity, I would say, after all those years to build something from the ground up the right way to be able to do that. So that's my uh, career in a nutshell. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Well, yeah. So, and we're going to, we're going to talk about events and, and event data and talk about it in a few different ways today. So let's, let's start with a little background though. And, and certainly, you know, given your experience in the event space, I'm sure over the years, you've seen a lot of probably just a lot of challenges in general with events, but talking about data challenges specifically, you know, what are some of the, the common data challenges that you've seen potential customers have and as related to events? Yeah, sure. And, and you know, there's, there's so much depth we could go into here, but I, I, you know, I'll try to keep it fairly high level because everyone shares the same challenges around their event programs. And, and really, at its early stages, if we think about technology around events, it really was born out of organizations going to their ad agencies or their marketing production agencies who were building the stages at shows and saying, hey, build me some tech that can you know, register people or capture some data. But organizations got very used to custom software, right? So as SaaS grew and CRM and marketing automation headed down a SaaS path, events really grew down a custom path and it was very difficult to scale custom solutions. So what we ended up seeing, I would say certainly over, you know, I would say probably the last 20 years is that it's been very difficult as organizations began to use technology in their events to get really meaningful aggregate data from event to event year over year for the same event or across events because they were using either custom tools or in almost all cases, Greg, all sorts of different tools or software providers or solutions or services across different types of event events and very difficult to aggregate that data. I would just, I would summarize it, Greg, as like, it's all really founded in most organizations will tend to think of the event as the center of the universe when it comes to data and the data they're collecting in many instances is designed to help make the event better. Mm. Um, and the shift that we've seen certainly in the last two, three years post COVID and into now is the concept of making sure the customer in the event portfolio, the customer stays at the center of the universe and the data and behavioral insights that we're capturing in our events is used to make the customer relationship better. So really, it's just about swapping out the customer for the event at the center of the uh, the marketing universe. Yeah. And so I, I would imagine there then that, I mean, you mentioned it's almost like each event is a silo, you know, use, if you use a different platform each time or use a multitude of different platforms that don't talk with one another, um, there's all these silos. There's not really, a, everything is kind of anecdotal or at the, at the, mm -hmm. at the least like apples, not apples to apples. It's sort of, well, this platform lets us see this and this other platform 
lets us see that. So, you know, when when an organization prioritizes data and in the way that you said, I, I love the way you're you you characterize that as as putting the customer first and the events are 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 things that the customer goes to, but the events are part of the customer's journey, in other words, is, is what I think you're saying. Yeah. You know, when a, when an organization prioritizes event data in that way, you know, what what are some of the things they're able to achieve that they weren't previously able to? Yeah, that that's 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 it exactly, Greg. And that that's where it's gotten really exciting over the last few years. And technology, yes, has enabled a lot of this, but that's when we used to see organizations say, hey, I want to unify my marketing and I want all my event data to flow into my marketing tool sets and my, my marketing automation platforms and CRM. But my problem is each event, like you just said, Greg, is a point in time. And I can't take the data from that event with one customer and homogenize that and get it into my marketing automation and CRM and understand how to what, what attributes I would say I can give that event for moving my customer forward. So instead, all of that individual event data was purely being sent over the transom and put into the marketing automation system. And then the digital campaigns were run against those folks to gather the same information we already had from them attending events and exhibiting behaviors. Yeah. When we start to look at the ability to use you know, perhaps a single platform across your whole event portfolio, you can do what we call unify your events in order to unify your customer journeys. And it really is a critical first step is the ability to view attendees as a single global attendee as they visit different experiences. And they can be virtual, hybrid, large physical conferences, small breakfast meetings, seminars, but we want to recognize customers to and in between those. And then we also want to be enhancing what we know about them from other marketing information, digital marketing information. And that's that would be, you know, the most current thing we've seen is taking a unified event portfolio where you've put a platform in place to recognize a global attendee and matching that up, Greg, with your, you know, whatever your your central marketing database, I would say, yeah. is that you choose to go with, right? So it could be a CDP, it could be your marketing automation platform, it could be CRM. But if yeah. you can unify your event portfolio where you're using a single data instance to track attendees and their behaviors at each event and across events, you can then take that ID and link it in real time with the overall digital ID you have for that customer. And that's where the force multiplier is. That's where we're able to personalize at scale, meaning what we've learned digitally, we can now use to recommend physical event attendance, session recommendations, exhibitors to visit, virtual briefings to go to. And then likewise, as we gather the participation and behaviors in those experiences we are feeding back to what the next perhaps digital piece of content might be. So we're unifying that journey that a customer has with a brand between digital marketing and event marketing. And that, that, you know, summarizes what technology, you know, and very recent, you know, technology has enabled for organizations to do. And I do think COVID played a huge role in driving an accelerated evolution towards that. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, to 
I'm glad you mentioned personalization because, you know, I think all of the, that's kind of why we, why we do this in, in a sense is, you know, collecting, uh, you know, recognizing the, the customers across the journey, events being a, a part of that journey, but not the only part of that journey. And then matching all the data, customers want to be understood and, and known and um, have their have their experiences personalized. So I know you touched on it a little bit, but could you give an example of maybe how using event data to to personalize can be can be effective? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I'll take it a level further, too, if it's OK, Greg, and say, if we think about an organization that has married their event data and their digital data, so connecting the global attendee ID with that CDP or that global ID they have for that customer, what, what this means is from a recommendation and an efficiency standpoint, we can be sure to put the right most relevant content in front of a customer, not just in the right venue or, or medium, virtual, hybrid, or physical, but also at the right time in their journey with the brand. Yes. And while we have a macro journey with a brand, we also have these micro buying cycles where we might be interested in or pursuing something to solve a, a specific need we have. And our buying decision process is a small part of a longer journey. But if we understand where they're at in that journey, and we know based on their behaviors at both events and their consumption of digital marketing content, what their preferences and interests are, we can recommend and put the right content for where they are in their buying cycle and their journey in front of them. And based on their previous participation, we can also know that they prefer face-to-face. They prefer smaller face-to-face environments. They prefer large conferences where they have lots of choices and they tend to spend a greater amount of time participating in many sessions. Maybe some people for certain topics prefer heavy virtual consumption, et cetera. But those preferences allow us, I would say, Greg, to understand what medium they prefer and where they are in their buying cycle because we've married all of the data we have on this customer historically, where they are in their buying cycle, the medium they prefer, and then ultimately, you know, at the right time in their journey with with your brand. That, as a customer now, the value to you is efficiency. Whereas, you know, just several years ago, I think you would go to a large conference with a thousand sessions to choose from, and you would have to spend hours upon hours sifting through to find what it was that was relevant and then trying to prioritize it so that you could get to the most of it you could. And what you didn't get to, you were trying to get a hold of paper copies or, or right, emails right. or PDFs. This, this environment allows you to very efficiently see recommended targeted agendas that match where you are with the brand and your buying cycle in an environment or medium experience that you prefer. And then really efficiently consume that content. And through what has emerged, you know, in in the, the pandemic around virtual now, if there were things you couldn't get to, the ability for an organization to condense you know, partially through the use of AI, which has been pretty exciting, but condense content from a session into shorter video and audio content that you can consume because you couldn't make it to a session. 
that becomes very powerful for both an organization, but for a customer, right? So very efficient use of their time now because it's personalized at experiences or even digitally. But then again, things they couldn't get to, they can now consume in an efficient fashion when it's convenient. Before we continue, I want to tell you about the upcoming AI4 2023 conference, August 7 through 9 in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand. AI4 2023 brings together business leaders and data practitioners to facilitate the responsible adoption of artificial intelligence and machine learning technology. The conference features leaders from brands like Amazon, JP Morgan Chase, CVS, Estee Lauder Companies, UPS, New York Life Insurance, United Healthcare, and many more. While it's not specifically for marketers and CX professionals, there are plenty of topics both directly and indirectly related to the work you do every day. To learn more and register for the conference, go to ai4.io slash USA slash register. That's ai4.io slash USA slash register. And you can register with the code AgileBrand for 15% off your registration. That's Agile Brand, all one word. I'm excited to hear from this amazing lineup of speakers and thought leaders and hope to see you in Las Vegas. Make sure to register at ai4.io slash USA slash register with the code Agile Brand for 15% off your registration. Now let's get back to the show. So let's um, talk a little bit more. You, you mentioned some things about virtual events, but wanted to talk a little bit more about this. And, you know, virtual events, certainly not a new thing, even though I think the pandemic has certainly shifted a focus. I feel like we're, we're getting back to in-person events, at least my travel schedule um, <laughs> reflects that. But virtual events are here to stay as well and, and can be can be very effective you know, in, in, in many ways, but the sheer volume of these meetings and even hybrid meetings, you know, has certainly grew and grew very quickly and, you know, certainly driven by, by the pandemic to start. That said, not all of these virtual events are uh, thrilling. (laughs) There are a lot of PowerPoints and a lot of, you know, kind of dry, um, webinar stuff and I, I might have seen a couple of those in my in my day but you know how can how should organizations be thinking about whether it's virtual hybrid events moving forward to maybe use data to better you know to enhance some of these more ordinary virtual events yeah for sure you know what such an exciting topic you know and and we're in this convenient uh, position to look back upon the pandemic as opposed to being in it right with you know the panic of how do we stay in touch with our customers, right? But yeah. being able to look back and reflect on all of the lessons that were learned in a very short amount of time as brands struggled to quickly ramp up and deliver content to their customers and prospects without the ability to get together with them. So, so much was learned. There was one thing that that we used to say to our customers when this all happened in 2020, which was, Pause, take a breath and remember that events and the the power that we've seen in the relationships that are built and grown at events, they really they have the same common elements, whether they're online or face to face. You create an engaging, captive environment. 
and you bring relevant, personalized content to customers at the right time in their relationship with your brand. So let's not lose perspective here. We might temporarily have to do that in a in an online environment from a laptop somewhere, right. um, whereas we might have done it at the Moscone Center, you know, last year in a, in a room. But let's just stick to those important aspects, right? A really engaging environment and the right content at the right time in, in what I would refer to, Greg, as an ecosystem of attendees or customers, executives and analysts and presenters and sponsors. And that ecosystem in that environment is what makes, you know, that, that intangible thing. It's like there aren't words for it at events where there's this excitement and energy of, you know, engaging with those different constituents in that ecosystem. Let's move it online as best as we can create an engaging environment and get the right content out there and drive networking and communication between these constituents. And I, I would say that, you know, as we came out of this, the lessons that were learned, the most basic one I would say, which has been a resounding message that our customers have talked about is virtual events play a very key role in driving awareness and interest, but they really struggled in helping deliver closed business Mm. and really driving those last phases of a buying decision and relationship growth. Whereas, you know, physical events sometimes can be difficult for just driving awareness and interest because you're overwhelmed with content and people to meet with. So if you don't have a specific thing you're trying to accomplish when you go there, you would be lost in a maze of potential content and people to meet. So we kind of figured out that there is a way to use virtual events, even hybrid engagements and physical events of different sizes and complexity at different times in a customer's journey with your brand, like we talked about, or in a buying cycle. Yeah. If they're looking to make a decision, then we can recommend a physical event environment where the rep and, you know, the technology experts or product experts in another industry can be present and help that person make a decision right there and build the relationship. But if they're just interested in getting some information and learning more about AI or security or something, we've got a great way to do that with short, pithy content virtually. That was a big lesson, right? Is people are not gonna sit through 55 minute sessions uh, online, right? Those probably have to be capped at about 20 minutes or you lose folks. But we can use that to generate awareness and interest. And as people move through a buying cycle, we can then direct them to the experiences that are perhaps face-to-face. So probably one of the best lessons coming out of this is building a a mixed portfolio of event assets virtually and physically, and then mapping customers and prospects into those experiences with personalized content, depending on where they are in in the buying journey. And, And lastly, Greg, just only possible if you are really using, you know, if you're thinking of your events and the data at events in a platform way, as opposed to You know, we got a venue, we found hotels, we got speakers, we hired a band and we got some technology. Right. It's got to be more, you know, we have this event experience we've created and it's going to run on our platform.
that is integrated with our overall customer data platform. So yeah, really exciting stuff though, that you can do now based on what we learned about virtual and its role in a customer journey and how to drive people towards more physical engagements, uh, et cetera. And I think the right mix of those is a competitive differentiator for any CMO in any vertical. So, um, yeah, I, that's how I would summarize it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because, you know, certainly there's different types of data that you you can capture or able to capture in a virtual event versus a physical event, but it's, it's interesting about the, it's almost like there's a different intent or at least a different outcome that is likely at one or the other as well. And so that's, that's really interesting to kind of strategically use the type of event to get the desired outcome. And yeah, um, I would imagine though, I mean, you know, to go to the, the data part of it, you know, there, there is vastly different, you know, data that you can capture in a, in a virtual versus physical, mm -hmm. how do you, you know, how should, how does, should an organization think about tying those together? And is, is, I mean, to get to the, I guess, to get to the next part is, is that where a platform like RainFocus kind of comes in to, to integrate kind of disparate platforms and types of events and everything like that? Yeah, I think that's it. Right. And, and, you know, we're not trying to convince everyone of this, but I think more and more organizations that are beginning to look at their event portfolio, the various types of physical and virtual experiences they have in a unified fashion where they'd like to integrate that into the customer's journey, instead of thinking, hey, we have the annual conference and I've got a team that works on that. I've got my roadshow series. I've got a team that works on that. I've got a webinar series. And they're each off hunting around and finding tech in addition to the other aspects of that event. The more organizations are thinking of, of event experience as part of the customer journey, the more they are on the search for a platform that can tie it all together. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's, that's been our dream, frankly, for 25 years is to unify the event experience, unify the event portfolio, and then ultimately use all of digital marketing's insights they gain on customers and all of that unified customer data from event experiences in a way to just make the customer's journey more efficient and build the relationship better with the brand. So I, I would say that's kind of as organizations embrace events as a platform decision where the customer is at the center of the universe versus like we said, the event. Yeah you know, rain focus plays a, a key role in, in doing that and creating that global ID that, that customers can leverage. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So certainly everybody's talking about AI these days and in, in many different ways. And, you know, <laughs> okay. so I just, I have to ask, um, you know, are you thinking about, are you seeing increased opportunities to use AI? Are you, you know, where, what are you thinking about AI automation, you know, things like that in the events space. And, you know, where, where do you kind of see that going? Yeah, it, it is the, it is the hot topic, <laughs> right? And, and like all hot topics, including, you know, virtual in May of 2020, we got to be very cautious, right? Yeah. There were thousands of virtual event companies that came out of nowhere in May of 2000, trying to grab revenue from organizations based on uncertainty and lack of understanding. 
And this is yet another thing like that. And many will say that this is, you know, one of the most significant changes in history, this, this AI uh, capability. So we're taking it, you know, very seriously, but we're also, you know, like other aspects of this industry, we're, we're taking time to figure out its most useful, safe and secure deployment and usage. We're, we're looking, so, you know, between ChatGBT and GitHub's Copilot or Google Bard, we're evaluating how these generative AIs can actually just enhance, currently enhance existing things that we're doing. Yeah. So it could be, you know, we currently make recommendations on content like we talked about, Greg, like, hey, based on everything we know about this customer, we recommend that you attend these sessions at this event. What AI is able to do is to take perhaps greater aspects of data about that customer that, you know, than our, our current recommendation engine might have. And we're using that now to just enhance the recommendations in a more informed fashion or text uh, moderation, creating better content, right? So we'll take a piece of content that's been written and we'll run it through this to enhance it, to make it, you know, larger or greater, maybe even perhaps more accurate. Then there's some crazy usages, usage such as facial recognition that we're using for check-in at events, um, translation services. Nice. But these are things that existed and AI is allowing us to make them more efficient, faster, maybe more accurate, more comprehensive. And we'll continue to evaluate it, but you know, it's super important as everyone evaluates it, evaluates it though, that we keep an eye on, you know, data privacy, copyright ownership. Yeah. And really protecting content and personal information as, as our number one priority. But it is pretty, pretty interesting the way AI can enhance just, just some of the cool functions that we're providing in our industry. And I'm sure that's similar in other industries as well, but that's, Really where we're at right now, we're testing the waters. We've got it deployed in recommendation engines, translation, facial recognition, text and content moderation. So being able to track interactions between attendees or attendees and speakers and exhibitors and making sure that it's being moderated properly. And it's really effective for that. Beyond that, we continue to, to research it and, and look for opportunities to deploy it, but we're trying to do it in a safe measured fashion as we learn, as the whole world, frankly, and our industry learns more about how it can play a broader role. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think uh, that sounds like a smart approach to me. Well, JR, thank you so much for joining the show. I've got one last question before we wrap up here. So, you know, you've given some, some great advice already, but what's, what's one piece of advice you'd have for organizations that they want to start using their event data more effectively, but maybe not sure where to start, you know, what's, what's something they could do today to take a first or maybe next step towards. Yeah, for sure. Greg, I, I would, you know, to try not and, and be repetitive for folks who have listened to this, I would just emphasize that one point, which was shift the focus from the event to the customer and think of your event offerings and your portfolio of experiences as a unified platform decision. And then you can focus on orchestrating content into that experience for the right customer at the right time. 
And when you do that and you think of events as a platform and you implement a platform, you can then take that individual and treat them as a single global attendee, marry that with your global ID for that customer across the digital marketing realm. And then you've really enabled the ability to personalize the journeys for your customers at scale across digital, virtual, physical, and really create a competitive advantage for yourself. So that would be my, my number one recommendation. The technology exists at last to be able to do that. And those that jump on that, I think will create a really good opportunity for, for their brand. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank J.R. Sherman, CEO at RainFocus for joining the show. You can learn more about J.R. and RainFocus by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.